Well, it's another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast. After another football game that didn't go produce way, which was, in essence, a complete travesty when you look at the whole thing. Uh, But first, um, bring you up to date uh, on what's going on in the Big Ten chaos, or also known as the Big Ten West. Michigan State beat Illinois. Uh, the Illini are four and two. Purdue drops to three and three after the twenty-four to three loss to Iowa. Iowa is three and three. Wisconsin is three and three, and Minnesota is three and three. So you have a, you have a four-way tie for second. Based on today's events, the best that I can determine right now is that Purdue, if it wins out, and Wisconsin and Iowa each lose once, then they would win the Big Ten West because they would hold a tiebreaker over Illinois if they beat Illinois next week. And, of course, all these are big ifs based on what we've seen from Purdue the last two games. And then Wisconsin and Iowa each would have four losses. And then Minnesota, Purdue would own the tiebreaker with the Gophers because they beat them. Now, Wisconsin and Iowa play next week, so one of those teams will suffer a loss. And then you would need the winner of that game to suffer another loss. So, for example... If Iowa would beat Wisconsin, that would send Wisconsin to a fourth loss. And then Iowa still has to play Minnesota, Nebraska. Um, So, and then, you know, Wisconsin still has to play Minnesota. uh, I think Nebraska. Uh, So the scenarios still exist. But the other part of the whole equation is, is Purdue capable of winning three in a row or the better question is can Purdue go beat Illinois at Illinois based on what we've seen the last two games and what we watched on Saturday because Iowa has a very good defense which it showed Wisconsin has a very good defense which it showed against Purdue from a number standpoint Illinois' defense is better. So, the where Purdue's offense is right now, can it generate enough to go beat Illinois on the road? Can it can it do that? And that's that's the bigger question. Regardless of the ramifications of it all, you know, Purdue has to figure out uh some things offensively uh, and I'll get into those in a little bit but the point is that you know they're still alive they still control their own path to an extent now before Saturday's game they controlled it 100% now they don't control it 100% they need they need some help but they still have to win out and uh, as I as I mentioned earlier can they do that and, you know, based on Saturday's game, the answer would be no. But it's 
you know, now for me, you know, for me, it's a one game season for Purdue. Uh, because if they beat Illinois, I think they'll beat Northwestern and I think they'll beat Indiana. Even if they lose to Illinois, I think they'll beat Northwestern and I, I, they'll beat Indiana. But, you know, if you, if, if you still think that you can win the West or you're capable of winning the West, then, you know, this game is still the game of the year for both teams, for Purdue. You know, Illinois still has to play Michigan, which, you know, I, I don't see right now Illinois beating Michigan. But I'm not sure I saw Illinois losing to Michigan State, especially with the, the Spartans depleted the way that uh, uh, they were after the, uh, after the, the melee fight at, at, in Michigan. So, anyway, it's the Big Ten West. It's chaotic. It's, it's a division of average to mediocre teams. But, you know, the winner gets to play in a conference championship game, and that's what... That's what Purdue's goal was when it started, and they're still very much alive for that. But a lot of things need to change. A lot of things need to get better. And, you know, you can say, well, the conditions today, yeah, but they were the same for both teams. Uh, You know, the, the, the problems coming out of this game for Purdue are a lot. You know, it's one thing for Wisconsin to put up the points and the yards that it did against Purdue's defense and for the secondary to get riddled the way that it did, not only in that game, but the Nebraska game. But it's another thing when Iowa comes in here as the worst offense in the Big Ten and puts up 370-some yards. They do it through the air. They do it on the ground. Um, That's the disturbing part because you had an offense that hasn't really done anything all year now they, you know, they did put up good numbers and a lot of points against Northwestern, but for them to come in to your own stadium and basically punch you in the mouth in that second quarter, and they gained like 166 yards in that quarter, to for that offense to do that to your defense when your defensive line has been pretty good this year. Overall, and I know the problems in the secondary are are real, and they're probably not going to get fixed because you just don't have the personnel to fix them, and you, you probably don't change schemes at this point because you can't you can't put a new one in there. I mean, you're going to just have to have guys play better, play harder uh, to to get the job done. Again, you, there was wide open receivers, tight ends, um, and. You know, it's there. It's there for the opposing teams to see and scout, and they, they they're professionals, and they're gonna they're gonna figure it out. Um, but you know, the concerns coming out of this game are still are still real. You know, Aiden O'Connell still turning the ball over too much. Now, the the wind maybe played a little bit of a role in that, but you know, as Jeff Brom said afterwards, he got rid of the ball too quick on one of the recent. One of the uh, interceptions that sailed, um, but he's in a he's in a turnover stretch right now that he can't get out of. Uh, six straight games with a turnover, five in the last two games with an interception. Uh, it's been a it's been a bad stretch for him. Uh, he didn't complete his normal percentage today. You know, Iowa's defense is good. 
there's no question about it. But you know, he you know, he played well against them last year. Yeah, different group, different situation. I get it. But you know, he has to he has to be better. He has to be right. If hey, you know, you can you can point to a handful of players here, but I think the number one thing, Aiden O'Connell has to be really good for Purdue to win. And when Purdue has won, he has been, for the most part, pretty good. Now, the Maryland game, he had three turnovers, but Purdue still won. Uh, but the defense bailed him out in that situation. Uh, so, but he needs to be better. I mean, he if he doesn't play well next week, Purdue has no chance to win. Just as simple as that. Um, and he also needs to spread the ball around a little bit more. I think he gets too focused on Charlie Jones. Uh, and that's not just because of the Iowa connection and stuff like that from this game, in my opinion. It's been something that's been going on all year. And I understand he trusts Charlie Jones, and it's great to have that trust and that connection. But I, I think there's other guys on this team in particular the tight end Payne Durham that can be a playmaker. I just don't think he gets enough opportunities. There are games, I mean, the Syracuse game, he got a lot of opportunities. Uh, Maryland game, he got a lot of opportunities. Uh, But they haven't been consistent. You know, when in doubt, Aiden goes to Charlie Jones. And again, that's a trust factor, but I, I just, I think he's going too much. 19 targets today. The rest of the receivers and running backs had a combined 15 targets. So Charlie had 19 targets and the rest of the receivers had had 15 targets. Teams pick up on that. They know what you're going to do. And Charlie didn't have a lot of yards after the catch today. There were two different numbers on the stats. One had nine yards after the catch on the initial handout, but then the computer program had 24 yards after the catch. Uh, But regardless, it wasn't a lot of yards after the catch. I mean, he had a 41-yard reception in the first quarter that got Purdue off the goal line. And he had 104 yards overall. So he basically averaged six yards a catch on his other 10 receptions. Um, And he's, you know, he's not able to get enough separation. The other receivers are not able to get enough separation. And you know, there's been numerous times this year where O'Connell's had the running back off in the flats or somebody, you know, another receiver running a route, and he, he will go to Charlie Jones. And it's all, you know, in his mind, it's all about making plays. It's all about trying to make a play. Um, you don't you try not to fault him for that, but he, I think he does need to spread the ball around a little bit more. Give, you know, you earn your you earn your targets. I get that. And there's been some drops here and there. But um, I, I just 19 targets for one guy. Uh, now, if he's catching 15 of the 19, that's that's great. And you know, O'Connell targeted David Bell a lot last year as well. So it's not really out of the ordinary, but that's David Bell. And as, as good of a year as Charlie Jones has had, He's not David Bell. And so, you know, I just think a little bit more balance might help a little bit. 
uh, in the passing game. And I, as I said, I think uh, Payne Durham's from a from week to week to week. I don't think Payne Durham is used enough from a consistent standpoint. And uh, you know, usually the the middle of the field is open because they're they're taking away Charlie. Uh, so, but anyway, Aiden O'Connell has to play better. And he, you know, if Purdue's going to win the Big Ten West or stay alive in the Big Ten West, then Aiden O'Connell has to play better. Just know, and he got sacked and hit a lot today. Um, physically, he's probably beat up a little bit, but probably mentally, he's beat up even more because uh, he took that sack. Uh, on the goal line after Purdue at first and goal, then it was third down, and he took that big sack uh, that you thought maybe would have pushed him out of field goal range. Uh, but, you know, Mitchell Finner made the field goal for Purdue's only points. Um, and that whole sequence, you know, to not run the ball, I know I'm jumping around a lot, but not, not at least try to run the ball at least once during that series uh, when you, you when you had I think I phrased it I think when you had moderate success running the ball in the first half I think you did you know the first drive Devin Mockaby had some nice runs and then throughout the first half they were they were getting yards on the ground uh, enough to, to to keep drives alive um, but then you know, you get back into the passing part, and that you know that's that's who Purdue is. That's who Brom is. That philosophy has won Purdue a lot of games uh, during Jeff's tenure. There's no no question about it. And this is this is Purdue's program. This is who they're going to be. But you also have to recognize that you have a running game. Like you know, and I brought this up in my in a column that I wrote. You know, Jeff spent part of the first five minutes of his post-game press conference talking about the need for balance, the need to be able to run the ball, especially in the windy conditions, knowing that um, you're likely to make more mistakes in these conditions, you know, either throwing into the wind or with the wind, and you got to have balance. you gotta, you got to have a running game. You've got to be able to, uh, to keep that defense honest. And, but then, you know, he's asked, you know, what was basically the thought process on throwing three passes when you're first and goal to two? When Maccabi had just given you a 15 yard run down to the two. And he said the first play was a run pass option, and he was, he wanted, you know, he wanted O'Connell to hand it off, but he didn't. And, I mean, if you wanted him to hand it off, then call a run play. That's, that's, to me, that's pretty simple. And then, you know, they tried another pass, and then he got sacked on the uh, third down play. But to not try a running play there, uh, you know, you don't, you try not to get caught up in play calling and stuff like that because you don't, we don't know the circumstances behind everything, uh, what was called, what was actually run, uh, did he check out of it type thing. So you try not to really go deep into that stuff because there's just so many unknowns there. But I, I do believe they should have tried to run the ball at least once, whether first or second down, to see if they could punch it in there. You know, Jeff talked about bringing in another 
linemen and going with the heavy package, which they've done a lot this year. Yeah, all this thing, all the, all this sounds nice in retrospect. Uh, but, and again, as I pointed out in my story, I don't think the game changes. I don't think the final result as far as who wins the game changes because you remember, Purdue's down 17-0. They, they had just gotten a defensive stand, forced Iowa to kick a field goal. So they had a little bit of momentum there. And they were able to move the ball down the field, get in scoring position. You know, if it's 17-7 at half, it's a little bit of a different outlook that you have that if you can come out and get a stop because the the conditions and the scenario were setting up for you to start the second half where you kicked off with the win. If you could get Iowa to go three and out on that first series in a 17-7 game, have them punt into the wind, then you know, you give yourself a fighting chance. Now, we all know what happened on the second play of the third quarter where Caleb Johnson ran uh, 75 yards for a touchdown. So, in in essence, ending the game. Uh, but it, it's a different outlook if it's 17-7. Doesn't mean Purdue's going to score again. It's just a different mindset. It's a different, I mean, you, you get in the end zone, especially when you're first in goal. To not come away with a touchdown in that situation was deflating, um, and it was it was a precursor for what for what was to come. Now the right team won, the better team won. There's no question about that. Iowa was superior to Purdue today in all phases. Uh, their punter was terrific. Now he had the win behind him, uh, but his the, the punter was terrific. Even against the win, he was pretty good. And I don't know if a, a change is coming on Purdue's side from the punting standpoint because Jack Ansel struggled. Now, he was against the win on some of those. Um, so that's going to play havoc. But um, And he had one where he, he pinned uh, Iowa down. But I think that was uh, uh, might have been their first scoring drive or second scoring drive. I think their first scoring drive where they went 91 yards. So, you know, the defense got run over on the ground by Caleb Johnson, 200 yards. And they're going to face Chase Brown next week, the Big Ten's leading rusher, or at least he was going into the day in Michigan, Blake Corum. He's playing Rutgers, so he may, he may, get, he may get a few yards. Uh, so Purdue's got to tighten up its run defense, and I, I, I just don't think there's any answers in the secondary. Uh, you, you don't have any more personnel. They benched Cam Allen as a starter today at safety. He came in in the third series. Um, but there's just no answers in the secondary, to be honest, from a personnel standpoint. I mean, they don't, they don't, if, if there was somebody else to play, they, they would be playing them. You know, Bryce Hampton started at safety in place of Allen. Um, you know, there wasn't much difference. There was tight ends running a muck in the in the open field. Uh, now, is that a linebacker responsibility? Is that a secondary responsibility? Um, so, you know, the, the teams know where to go attack Purdue. And even a bad offense and a bad passing offense like Iowa, they 
they they had success. I mean, they just did. And other teams are going to have success. Purdue's going to face a better quarterback next week in Tommy DeVito, uh, transfer from Syracuse. So they're just going to have to try to figure out a way to play better. And I don't I don't know if it's possible right now. Um, so, um, and they're just going to have to try to hang on for dear life in that department. They got some pressure on the quarterback today from the defensive front. Jack Sullivan had a sack. Uh, Lawrence Johnson had a sack. That was good to see. But, you know, giving up the, the, the yards they did on the ground was uh, was uh, a bit disturbing against that offense. And so they've got a lot of areas to clean up defensively, offensively, as we talked about. Um, you know, again, I think you got to spread the ball around on the passing game. I thought Maccabi had a had a decent game, um, but I, I just think Purdue went away from the run too quickly, and that's been that's been that's been a, a uh, that's been something that's happened under Jeff Brom since he's been here. He will not, you know, he goes through periods where he doesn't trust his offensive line, and he doesn't trust his running backs, and the the running game, you know, pays a steep price for that, and. I don't think Jeff Brom will ever trust a running game, um, no matter where he's the coach and all that kind of stuff, because uh, they're going to throw the ball. They just are, and part of that, as I said, that's who Purdue is and who they're going to be. But you know, they're going to throw the ball more than they run it. Um, but it's it's kind of hard because he he talks. You know, he, he talks a lot about having balance and making sure that you have balance there. But then he just goes away from the running game, and um, so I, I don't I don't think that situation will ever get fixed, to be honest. So that's just that's just kind of what it is. But regardless of the outcome, Purdue remains very much alive in the Big Ten West. Uh, they have an opportunity to to take some control of it uh, this week with a victory at Illinois. Um, and then you hope that, um, you know, Michigan beats Illinois, uh, Wisconsin and I, we're going to, one of those teams going to lose this week. And then you're going to need somebody else to knock off the winner of that game to, to really put yourself in a position. But the, the goal of winning the big 10 West is still alive. Maybe not as great as it was before Saturday. Uh, but they get another opportunity next week to, to see where, see what they can do. All right. Well, thanks for stopping by. Appreciate it. Uh, regular season open opener for basketball is coming up on Tuesday. Uh, play Milwaukee, and then next Friday there's another home game against Austin P. So, plenty of uh, podcast opportunities, I guess, coming up uh, on this uh, worldwide network network of podcasting. All right. Thanks for stopping by. Have a good day.